Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Thanks, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Appreciate you joining us today for another fun talk with homebrew people. Homebrew things, talking about homebrew in general. I sound like a a TV presenter that has no idea about homebrew at all, so I just keep repeating the same thing. You know, we're on a homebrew journey, guys. We're journeying down the streets Mm. of homebrew, and, uh, you know, we're just homebrew guys. Uh, Homebrew bound. Didn't that movie have, like, Michael J. Fox, and it was like a dog or something? Yeah, and Sam Calagione. Yeah. Yeah. Also a, a song by uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. There you go. Um, all right. Cooper and Shar, welcome, boys. Thanks again for uh, doing this once more and bringing homebrew education to me, really. And then everybody else and is just sort of ancillary. Also bringing beer to your place for you, both right. of your places. Yeah, thanks for doing that, man. Hey, you're the schlep. I don't know. We were trying to work something was... out. And then, and then Cooper's like, well, I got to do a, a concert or whatever. And, uh, you know, it just worked out. Colin, welcome back, dude. Yeah, glad to be back. Um, good. You know who else is glad you're here? Five Star. You go to Five Star Chemicals, and they'll show you just exactly how good that you have it because they will teach you how to make the best beer possible by cleaning and sanitizing, of course, uh, you know, with their products and their methods and their uh, years and years of experience in the chemical industry that is oddly not related to also the dance music industry. They're very different. They're, they sound similar, but they're different. Uh, different chemicals, different kind of chemicals. Uh, yeah. This stuff will clean your, your your carboy. The other stuff will clean out your brain, for better or for worse. I don't really know what that means. But anyway, check them out. Thank you, thank you very much to Five Star uh, for sponsoring this show. Oh, man, it's another hot one here. I don't know how long I'm going to make it. It's uh, roasting in here. We're supposed to have we're supposed to have solar by now. I just want to like rant a little bit. Uh, but we got Tesla, you know, uh, solar panels and batteries and shit like that. And it's been nine weeks since they've been installed and paid for. And they have yet to submit the paperwork to PG&E. So I can wait oh, 40 days to have PG&E come out. And it's like. We're just we're just spending money on PG&E, and I'm just I'm infuriated. And every time I call my service advisor, they're like, "Well, I can't do anything because they're just they just have to submit paperwork for God's sakes. Just send paperwork, I, but they I can't do guy. it." I know a guy who knows a guy, JP. We'll you, send him right over. Do you really? Are you and sure? Of course, this happens at the hottest possible, the hottest time of the year we've had so far. That's what I told Probably my. The hottest time we'll have all, all summer. It's, it was ninety six here earlier. That's what I told my service advisor. I was like, you know, it's this is this the this is why I got it, just so I could use it. She goes, well, I don't know what to tell you. We're just really busy. I'm like, <laughs> how busy are you for nine weeks of no paperwork? This is ridiculous. So busy that I can't run my air conditioner with the windows wide open, you asshole. Yeah, dude, I'm a little pissy about it. But anyway, yeah. that's me. That's also a me problem. I got gas, me. No solar, also me. Spend a bunch of money, also me. Um, more girl's shirt, also you. I got yeah, well, my HVAC true. going in at my new house. Uh, not you know, It's new to me, not like it's a new build. Sure. Uh, and should be done in a couple of weeks. So. I nice, will be man. having air conditioning uh, probably at the time of the next Dr. Homebrew. Awesome. 
God bless. See, and I'll be in a different location. It'll be all loud and echoey and shit. And uh, I'll have, we'll have to deal with all that. But at least you know, I'll be I'll be cool. That's all right. Sense. That's all right. It'll be good. JP, JP and I have developed a new technique for opening Colin's bottles. Yeah. So if you remember, last time yeah. Colin was on, he's the king of the mold people. And um, <laughs> somehow his labels and the even the underrim of his cap got moldy. And I don't know why we can't really figure it. I mean, obviously there was moisture in the bag, but he like, you know, put the, the labels on and look nice. He put them in a Ziploc bag, which a lot of people do. And honestly, I've never once had the plastic bag do anything. Not because it leaks, but because the bottles have always been packaged like perfectly. So uh, just as a aside, I don't know. Anyway, um, but within the plastic bag, well, mold grew. And so <laughs> Brian Cooper and I just poked the bottle through the corner of the plastic bag. And then we just don't have to expose nice. ourselves to Colin spores. But oh, anyway, mine, mine looks this, pretty. So yeah, yours looks great. Yeah, you this looks great, this man. Is to the point where you could barely read the label. And I, yeah, so I'm going to take this around the corner uh, corner store and just sip it like a 40 out here by the AM PM. <laughs> I love me a good AM PM. Uh, Colin, what beer are we uh, are we drinking tonight, buddy? This is uh, American Pale Ale. American Pale Ale. And of course, is this the first one you have ever made? Uh, it is not. Uh, probably <laughs> third or fourth try. Okay. I've tried a couple times, but uh, I think I've bitched about it on the show before, too. It's um, it's hard for me to get the hops and the malt right. Like, uh, I yep. think my water's too soft. Oh, I don't know. It's too hard. Well, it's one of the two. It's either too hard or too soft. Like, the hops don't come through as much as I need them to. And so I just sort of gave up. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of the style. That's what I like too, is the balance. And yeah. I think that's kind of the whole crutch of this. So I'm curious as what you guys think, if it's balanced or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Char, why don't you go ahead and go first? Why not? Whoa. All right. Uh, I, I can do that. Right. Uh, so Colin, thanks for uh, sending us your, your beer as usual. I uh, just go through here at bottle inspection. It's a, it's a bottle. It was filled properly. <laughs> uh, check that box. That's good. Um, aroma. I uh, thought it was dominated by uh, a, a high hop aroma. Uh, it's a classic spicy hop character. I was telling Cooper before the show is this beer reminded me of going to a brew pub in 1991 uh, in a good way. This is like the type of like every brewery had some beer kind of like this. Uh, and I always enjoyed it and always drank a lot of it. Uh, low base malt is present. No esters or off aromas. Uh, it's a pale ale, so it should primarily be hops and a little malt, uh, 10 out of 12. Appearance, 3 out of 3. Uh, head is high and persistent, uh, extremely clear, uh, pale gold color. Uh, looked great for a pale ale. Uh, flavor, uh, initially some spicy hop flavor like in the aroma was present, uh, but at a, at a low level, a, a lot lower than the aroma. Low malt is present and uh, uh, mid-palate balance. Uh, shifts from kind of up, up to no bitterness to medium high, almost high hot bitterness uh, in the middle, which persists into a long finish. It's well attenuated, no off flavors. Uh, gave it 14 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, five out of five. Medium body, medium high carbonation, uh, neither creamy nor astringent, uh, not warming. Uh, even though I hadn't had anything to eat for a long time before I uh, uh, I had this, so I don't know, maybe I'm just getting a better tolerance for judging Doctor Homebrew beers on uh, uh, an empty stomach. So we'll hmm. see. Uh, overall impression seven for a total score of thirty nine. 
Uh, I like this beer. I like this beer a lot, as the score reflects. Uh, it is excellent. Uh, the question for me that we'll discuss later on when we discuss your recipe is whether the hot bitterness was too high for an APA. I mean, we all probably remember this, these endless debates like 10 years ago, where 10, 15 years back, when everyone's trying to push the IPA envelope, and then they're pushing the APA envelope too. And uh, people are making pale ales that really are IPAs. And what's the boundary? Uh, and that's always been kind of a, a, a fluid thing. And it's always been kind of a, a reflection of beer culture at a particular time, I, I think. But I think it's maybe on the upper end, you know, drinking this in 2021, uh, where we have hazy IPAs that aren't so bitter, we have West Coast IPAs and everything else. Uh, I think this is probably right on the boundary of the upper end of where you want to push it, but it's still okay. Uh, but it, it still may be a bit much. Nicely done. Uh, example of a classic. Like I said, 39. And uh, I thank you for sharing it with us. All right. Excellent. Thanks. Mr. Cooper. Okay. Wow. That was a, a quick review there. Yeah, I know. I feel a little cruised. Awkward. Feel a little awkward. Hey, we're we're trying to just we're, we were trying to keep moving on this show. So you didn't have anything bad to say about it, really. There. I mean, uh, no, I, I no, I did. The bitterness. The, the yeah. only bad thing was maybe a little recipe adjustment. That maybe I liked it, but maybe for style it was a little too bitter. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I, I'm finding. Uh, yeah. So the bottle inspection. I think this has been a pattern with Colin is uh, having a very high fill. <laughs> and I, I, I was curious the uh, intent of that. Is yeah, it Colin. to minimize oxygen or what's your, can you jump I in? And- just use a beer gun. So I'm not trying to fill it high. Just, I know I get the beer gun in. I freeze my bottles and then get the keg pressure really low. So it just creeps in there. And then any, I cap on foam. So. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really hurt to have a high fill. It just some judges will look at it like, Oh, that's too high. It's, it's going to be undercarbonated or something. Or, yeah. No, it was fine. So I, in the nose, um, I found more of a, uh, a bright citrusy hop nose, uh, medium undertones of pine. And uh, later on when I revisited, I found a little bit of tropical in there too with the re-sniff. Low base malt with a light toastiness to it. Uh, there wasn't any DMS or diacetyl. It's clean. Fruity esters are medium. Uh, it's inviting. No grassiness. Uh, just a nice clean ale, and uh, I was ready to take a sip, but then I checked out the appearance, which was a yellow gold color with fairly good clarity. Um, I see JP poured a sample like like super turbid and yeah. messy. Hell yeah. Uh, That's but, why I uh, run my life, Cooper. He's got a little haze in his, but, yeah. but mine's, life. mine's pretty pretty darn clear. Yeah, but mine's like standard um, homebrew. Like, you know, even you can get that in a commercial beer. And these days, I would call this right maybe a touch cloudy, but well passable. I would never like complain about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the the hazy beer craze has now shifted that paradigm, and you know, yes. So uh, the the beer uh, started with a medium head, and it stuck around quite well. Uh, mostly finer foam, and it's white in color. Uh, flavor-wise, this kind of gave me a little twist. It was interesting because I, I thought, oh, it's kind of a classic uh, West Coast uh, American Pale Ale, like like Brian was saying. Um, but when I got into the flavor, all of a sudden, it comes in with this more tropical than citrus uh, kind of uh, fruity hop flavors or uh, combined with esters that's just a little twist to me. 
and I, I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, it gave it an interesting little change in the like sometimes that you oh, this you get a preconceived notion what the beer is going to taste like after you smell it and then it really surprises you um uh there was moderate bitterness i thought it was okay for the style um but i'm kind of a hop head and i probably burned out my palate for bitterness anyway so um balance to the hop definitely uh finishes dry but has a medium of tropical esters that give the impression of some sweetness um so it's pleasant that way malt is low and light um there's a little toast and uh uh you know light toast and tropical flavors in the aftertaste from malt and hops kind of nice balance there i thought um not biting at all no obvious alcohol uh fighting with anything else in there no dms or diacetyl or acetaldehyde just a nice clean ale uh, mouthfeel wise, medium light bodied with no astringency or alcohol warmth, fairly crisp. Otherwise, uh, kind of thirst quenching, not very creamy, uh, carbonation is medium high to style. Um, overall impression, I'd say is a very pleasant drinking American pale ale with a classic slash modern impression kind of blended, uh, classic in that the nose seems mostly citrusy and piney, but then when get into the flavor it twists more modern to me with uh you know the, the bitterness to me was was fairly restrained i don't think I, i'd like to know how many ibus you are in here we can brian and i can duke it out later but uh <laughs> the big tropical fruit esters just you know come across in a modern way some nice uh hop choices in there and maybe combined with the yeast choice and how you how you took care of your fermentation um smooth as it should be i mean this beer should just be eminently drinkable um uh, i'm i'm not sure you know if, if it's if it's from the hop or um you know or fermentation all that that tropical freeness i would guess mostly the hop but like i said it could be a combination um i guess i, I maybe like it to in a way it's kind of nice interesting to have that balance but I'd like you to have that ha, decide what it is and kind of commit to to one or the other maybe either add a little more tropical hops uh for the nose or, uh, you know, back those off a little bit and use more classic hops in it and go classic. But, um, you know, um, maybe if you want to go classic, you'd also want to kind of dial back the esteriness of it a little bit and have it a little little kind of sharper. Um, but, man, it's a good beer. I, I gave it a 39 as well and uh, very tasty. Thank you for sharing. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I do get a little bit of like a like a hot plasticky hmm. thing and i think that is a hop flavor it's a hop ester or not hop ester that's stupid but you know what i mean it's a hop thing so maybe that goes in line with what you guys are saying where it's like maybe it's maybe there is too much bitterness in there and it's sort of coming across with as like this plasticky uh, almost could be like a dankness or a no a pine plasticky like phenol Phenol mm-hmm. plastic, yeah. Well, here, let me give it another bang. Yeah, I guess it's a phenol. It's like a spicy, like a plasticky, spicy thing. Hmm. But I also just smoked plastic, so <laughs> I don't know how to like. Right. That's how I. That's how I maintain my youthful look. I'm really 57, and I'm just smoking plastic for the. Rest. Um, Colin, let's. I guess let's go through your recipe, man, and maybe we can. Um, maybe I can. Uh, I can use your your recipe to justify my. Instead of the other way around, yeah. Okay. We'll uh, start with water. 
So uh, uh, calcium was 72, uh, sodium 27, sulfate 149, chloride 52, uh, mash pH was 5.4. I'm sorry, 5.3. Um, malt bill, uh, it was uh, 91% or 10 pounds of best malls Vienna malt. And then it was uh, 7% or three quarters of a pound flaked wheat. And then uh, 2% or a quarter pound aromatic malt. So nothing too wow. crazy there. That's, yeah, that's nice. That's a lot of Vienna there. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I've played with it and I like Vienna as a base in the pale ale. Like that's it, really cool. Yeah, I like that too. It had that nice toastiness that played off the hops. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So the, yeah, continue. So, so I've done previous iterations without any other specialty malts, just a little bit of wheat in Vienna. And I felt like it needed something. So aromatic is kind of a beefed up aromatic or a Vienna malt. So I gave that a shot just to kind of, I don't know. Instead of doing something different, just kind of cranking the volume up on that base flavor. Yeah. Um, yeast was the YE1728, which is the Scottish ale. Uh, it's kind of what I use for my general house yeast. Um, uh, 0.75 uh, million cells uh, per degree Play-Doh, kind of standard pitch rate. Uh, I pitched at 65 and then let it do its thing. So actually I ran out of room in my fermentation chamber. So it wasn't temp controlled at all. Just got it down to pitch temp and then just let it ride. And I just kind of wanted to see what that yeast would do uncontrolled. Um, and I actually was fairly happy with it. I don't think it was overly estuary or anything. Uh, original gravity was 49. Final gravity was seven. So about 5.6% alcohol. And then the hot bill. So at 20 minutes, I did an ounce of Columbus, half an ounce of Chinook and half an ounce of Simcoe. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. I don't know, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, what? No. Um, and then I do a, a whirlpool with a sous vide. So I uh, basically, on my uh, kettle, I'll put a sous vide there and keep it about 180 degrees and just let it swirl. Uh, so for 20 minutes, and then I did an ounce. In that, I did an ounce of Columbus, ounce and a half of Chinook, and an ounce of Simcoe. And then uh, after that, go to fermentation. And once fermentation's done, um, I will cold crash the yeast and then uh, pressure transfer into a keg with a hop, dry hop in it. Let the dry hops for sit for three days and then transfer to uh, another keg to carbonate. Uh, but the dry hop was an ounce of Columbus, an ounce and a half of Chinook, and an ounce of Simcoe. Wow. So lots of old school classic hops, nothing yeah. pretty tropical, modern, nothing like that in there. Interesting. I wonder if some of the fruitiness could be coming from the malt then too, giving it a little twist, but you know, usually you would expect a little fruitiness, but you know, more like kind of toasty and yeah, that's interesting. What were the IBUs uh, calculated at? Uh, but not 55. Ever. Yeah. Okay. So, 55. Uh, that is high. Yeah. yeah. So it's a OG IBU ratio of 1.1, 1. 1, which is, yeah. which is pretty high. And I want to back up and think about how strange it is that Simcoe is now considered an old school hop. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when it was the new hotness. I'm old. That's right. Brian's over here getting pride of Ringwood and going, <laughs> wow, I can have enough now. I've been saving for six months and I have enough uh, to make a beer uh, now. I, I can actually honestly say to you, I have never brewed with pride of Ringwood. Yeah, neither have I. That's like straight up 70s shit. <laughs> I need a lot bigger mustache to be brewing with pride of Ringwood. Definitely. Um, go ahead, Colin. Yeah, you know the drill I, now. Go ahead. I, I, I'm curious if kind of that more fruity modern interpretation was because of the way I used the hops. So the kind of the hop schedule is more of a modern hop bursting 
kind of profile as opposed to a lot of hops in the actual boil, which there obviously are some, but just one 20 minute edition. It's not like I'm boiling three ounces of Columbus for 60 minutes or anything like that. So I wonder if just using the hops in a different way kind of gives a more modern interpretation. I think, yeah, that uh, definitely the way you use the hops is going to pull different flavors out of them. If you, you know, boil the shit out of them for an hour, it's pulling out a lot more of the harshness and the plant matter kind of, you know, the, um, the green quality of the hops. Whereas if you whirlpool it and do late hops and dry hops like that, it's going to, you're going to get more of just the, the aromas. I'm surprised with all the, um, you know, the Columbus in here, I didn't get a, a big like garlicky or anything like that on anything. It's, it's just, it must've been really nice and fresh. And the, um, you know, I did get some of the pininess and the, and the um, resininess of the, the Chinook and the, and the Columbus and stuff, but yeah. And of course the Simcoe pine, but uh, yeah, no cat box or anything weird there. Just like they blended nice. I didn't nice get any and, cat pee in this beer at all. Yeah. They played nice. I have to do two ounces of cat pee next time. Just, <laughs> just uh, enough. Uh, well, you know, uh, here, cat. if you tincture it, you if you tincture, <laughs> drop a little bit of time. Uh, um, anything else, Colin, you got for, for these guys? I guess, I guess the question of the balance, I mean, is the hop versus malt appropriate? I liked it myself, but I think Brian thought it was, it was too bitter probably for Brian. I think it was a little too I I thought it was right on the edge. I thought it was maybe right on the edge. And if it's, it's one of those things where if you like it the way it is, leave it the way it is. If you're brewing it for competition, that's a real tough call. uh, How bitter to make your APA because you're going to be competing with people. They're going to try to overload the uh, hot bitterness, almost like an IPA to stand out. And you want to be before those folks, before the judge blows his or her palate out on those. But then you don't know where you're going to be in the, the flight. So that's always the issue with, with, judging, with, with brewing and judging pale ale. Is, you know, where, where's that line? And where has someone really stood out versus gone too far? So I... Uh... A very, very similar recipe to this a couple of years ago got uh, gold in my category at a competition in California. So again, I, I would probably depend if I'm doing that on the East Coast, I probably would have done as well as opposed to West Coast would be my yeah. thought. Yeah. West Coast? Know where to enter your beer. <laughs> what yes. region of the country. Yes. Hey, West Coast right. is like this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, if, if my, my opinion means anything, I think it was a little too bitter. But I think, I think that uh, I, I would make an argument that maybe the mold under the cap is is twisting <laughs> some of those esters into a tropical sense. You know, like, I did not get any mold under the cap this time. No, I didn't. Yeah. I washed it off both times. Oh. So. Yeah, well, there you go. So I've also heard Chinook can kind of get a little pineapple-y. I wonder mm-hmm. if that is what you're picking up. I think of Chinook as like, more like grapefruit kind of. It's, okay. you know, like kind of. It can have kind of a sharper, uh, bright citrus and, and twisted citrus there. So the Chinook could be where some of that's coming from for sure. And it, it, it varies from year to year too. It'll throw up different flavors. So Sure. Um, I debated throwing a little small addition of some kind of crystal. So maybe like a, a, it's kind of, it's always been a debate whether to put crystal malt in a hoppy beer or not. But uh, I wondered if maybe like a, a, just a few percentage of like a crystal 10 or a 40 or something like that would, would add some dimension. I think you wouldn't go lower than 20. I don't, I mean, I think you do Yeah, something there would help. I mean, it would definitely help whether or not that's what you're looking for. It's a different, that's a different story. 
Right. I think it would make it seem more classic, you know, yeah. like the old school American Pale Ale. So, uh, but I, I like it the way it is, honestly. I think you get enough complexity from what you got in here. Well, there you go. That's an opinion from Brian Cooper. Not a uh, fact. <laughs> water? Any water sticking out? Anything in the way of there? No. It's yeah. clean. There's, yeah. Works for what you need. I didn't feel like I was licking a rock. It's a plus. <laughs> well, there you go, man. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, all right, Colin. Well, if that's it, yep. you're done. Appreciate it, guys. You're done here. Go right. back to the waiting room. All right. He's a he's a repeat offender, and he shall offend again. I think uh, on a on a future show very soon here. That's right. All right. Find out. Thanks, Colin. See ya. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the next beer right after this. Doctor Homebrew. Hang on. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for sticking around, everyone. We are back, Dr. Homebrew, and we have a new guest on, Vito. Welcome, Vito, to Dr. Homebrew. Okay, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks for sending in beer. So this is, is this your first time on the show? Yeah, yes, it uh, is. All right, welcome, man. Welcome. How do you feel? Are you nervous? Uh, yeah, just as... <laughs> Any situation I'm ever in that is new. Yeah, you're like, eh, all right. I yeah. mean, worst case scenario, I can just fight everybody and it's fine. Like, that's how I think worst, about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you go into a bar, you're like, scenario, you go in and, you know, fix everything and yeah, that's right. all that stuff. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah, edit me out altogether. So, <laughs> so well, good. yeah, we're, I'm glad. we're uh, appreciative of, uh, of you emailing me, Brian, at thebrewingnetwork.com and sending in your yeah. beer. And that's Brian that's with a Y. all you have to do. We'll, we'll take anything. Brian with an I. Brian with four Ys. <laughs> and and uh, interspace right, in between yeah, yeah, the letters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That would be like a serial killer, a guy with that name. <laughs> that's I, true. I, I. Yeah. Uh, and what did you send us today, Vito? An American Amber Ale. All right. American Amber Ale. Is this your first I, shot I at American Amber? Uh, it's my second, but um, there's kind of a backstory behind this one in particular. So we'll, we'll talk about um, the backstory a little later. You want to do later? Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like that's yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one I had two batches and one poison fell in, and I don't know which it was. So <laughs> sent you each. It's just a little bit of there's uh, some kind of the tragic backstory. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. curious to hear this, like you know, Anakin Skywalker or something. Yes, yeah, I'm, quite that. It's going to be no. exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Cooper, let's start us off. And the faster you guys get through okay. this, the faster we can hear the story. <laughs> story we, time. Uh, story time. I love it. Yeah. All we, right. Go we, ahead, Cooper. Uh, the, the, uh, Phil was appropriate. Uh, the bottle had a nice hiss when you opened it. Um, in the nose, I'm getting a low uh, caramelly malt with hints of biscuit, medium low stone fruit like ester. Hops very restrained with a low earthy floral character. Um, no, no DMS. Um, I thought I could be getting a faintly butterscotch-like character, but I wasn't convinced uh, it's from any 
diacetyl. It just seems malty, but there's like a, like, I think that the carameliness in it is so rich. It's throwing up a little butterscotch like edge to it. Um, appearance wise, it's a light amber colored beer with a fairly good clarity, only minor haze, um, a well-formed medium-sized head of creamy, uh, fine eggshell white bubbles, uh, persists quite well, really nice head. Um, the beer is cleanly malty with a Swedish uh, caramel note dominating in the flavor. That's at kind of a medium level. Um, here I didn't really get any butterscotch tones. Um, I did get a little light toffee underneath the, the caramel, which was I thought pretty nice. Hops are low, citrusy and floral with a low bitterness. Um, the, it's definitely balanced to the malt. And I would say it, it, it finishes semi-dry, but the impression of sweetness is there um, as these malty qualities linger into the aftertaste. It's quite uh, cleanly brewed, no diacetyl, really pleasant drinking. So um, I, guess, um, I would say the hops are maybe a little low for style in it. The hop flavors are just kind of backgroundy in this beer. Uh, but, you know, it can lean that direction sometimes. So it's not like totally out, but definitely on the low end one of those the maltier versions of it to me um mouthful wise medium body smooth and moderately car- carbonated beer no obvious warmth but some light alcohol kind of a prickle detected uh you can tell us it's not you know water there's definitely some alcohol there but it's not sharp at all um somewhat creamy no astringency or or really biting qualities at at all it, it's it, it's really nice and smooth and that's definitely something to style you want it to be super um smooth and just uh go down easy but but you know have a little boldness to it a little 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 body um so overall it's a very nice drinking american amber ale with pleasantly uh a pleasantly caramely impression overall uh this is the defining quality of this beer i would say the caramelliness the hops are just a a bit more muted than expected for the style. It should have a little more hop maybe to balance that, but um, I can accept this as the very malty end of American Amber Ale. Um, I, I wouldn't mind it having it bump up and just for a little bit better balance to, to bring more into line with uh, what's, what's uh, expected for the style. Uh, you know, we always, if it's anything American, we always overdo the hops, if anything, right? So it's America, damn it. Um but yeah, it's still quite uh, wonderfully drinkable and uh, eminently smooth for what it is. Um, I would also just clean up the haze for the, you know, it should be clear for, a, a, especially if it's a low hopped version, you know, the guidelines say you can have a little haze if it's a really hoppy one. So I, I you know, I took a point off just for the, actually, but this, you know what, this one's actually super clear. <laughs> the one I had last night had a little haze in it. It might've been the way I poured it or something, but sorry about that. Maybe the point comes back. So uh, <laughs> last night I gave it a 37. This time I guess it comes up to a 38 if I add but that point in because there really is uh, not much haze to speak of here. So uh, that's good. Thank you. All right. Mr. Shar. All right, Vito, you know, I forgot with our first uh, entrant, our first patient here in Dr. Homebrew, to ask the question that is my sort of hallmark question on the show. Are you in a homebrew club? Uh, not yet. Okay. 
that's fair enough. You're a lone wolf, but you're looking to looking for a pack. The uh, intent what, is what there. What state are you located in? What's that? What state are you located in? Virginia. I'm in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should they say have a, they have a couple here that I know of. Yeah, you know, go to uh, you're lucky. You know, people that are, are fortunate to have more than one homebrew club in their area. Uh, a lot of times they're just different and have different focuses. So I always recommend go to one or two meetings of each of them and just see who you click with, and that'll be that'll be your beer group. And give give it a shot. So I wouldn't do it. Not, I would stay by myself. You, you might you. not like the clubs. There. Yeah. yeah, I know some of those guys. There, watch out. Some of them are dangerous. <laughs> Being alone is so much so much better for your beer. Look, I'm not I'm not saying no. Don't bring a concealed weapon. <laughs> I'm just saying, Brian is a lawyer. You can't out. say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I am saying don't bring it. Please don't bring a concealed <laughs> weapon to a homebrew club meeting. For the love of God, everyone listening, please don't do that. That's a joke. That All is right. comedy. Well, it's funny. A joke. It's a joke. But don't actually, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Worst case, leave it in your car because really booze and uh, weapons don't really go together. Uh, sure. Or ask any ER doctor. They go together probably far, far too much. Uh, so this Amber Ale, uh, yeah, the bo- bottle was good. Uh, initial impression to me was kind of a woody, minty, piney hop aroma uh, and medium to high caramel malt. Uh, no, uh, no esters, really no off aromas. I gave that a 10 out of 12, uh, appearance is a three, uh, medium head settles quickly, uh, slight haze. Uh, I think Brian uh, knocked you off a point, but I thought for this style, it's, it's fine. Uh, they get, that's going back old school throwback guidelines for hoppy beer, some light chill, not, not hazy IPA levels of haze, but you know, those kind of, uh, uh hop. Uh, polyphenol hazes are totally okay. Uh, color is a medium amber, so you know, looked looked real nice. Uh, flavor, initially the flavor was uh, malty and slightly sweet. Uh, got a low woody and minty hop flavor. That caramel malt was definitely uh, present. Uh, medium hop, medium high hop bitterness comes up in mid palate to be balanced. And that's actually kind of the neat thing about this beer. And one of the fun things about this style that kind of has, you know, people not brewing these ambers really so much anymore. Thing that has gone away is that that balance between the caramel when, when they're fresh, that balance between that caramel sweetness and the hot bitterness uh, is, uh, is a real nice balance and is a real, real good experience. Uh, but of course people stop making these in part because uh, the oxidation issues, like if you're not getting them fresh exactly, uh, and they're sitting around for a while, then they, these are the kind of beers that will rapidly turn into a uh, chew and a hunk of cardboard and nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Right. Uh, let's see. It's balanced. Well, att- it's well attenuated. Uh, that's also one of the fun things about uh, an Amber with a lot of caramel malt. Uh, it tastes real sweet in a sense, but it's real attenuated. That sugar's been chewed up by that yeast and turned into alcohol, and it's not worty sweet. Uh, it's a function of that those those chemicals that have developed in the caramel malt that uh, we perceive with our taste buds as being sweet, even though they're not a, a sugar. Uh, finish is long and balanced, 13 out of 20. Mouthfeel, uh, medium body, medium carbonation, uh, no warming. Uh, no astringency. It's not creamy. Uh, five out of five. Uh, overall impression, I gave a seven for a total score of of thirty eight. Uh, I'd say at first I thought the uh, 
I, I did mistake it at the beginning. I, I had to sit. I have not had an amber ale for probably 10 years, <laughs> not because of lack of wanting to have them. I mean, I used to drink that Red Seal from North Coast all the time. Oh, That's yeah. good stuff. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I still love the Red Seal, but you just don't see them amber ales around that much anymore. So I have to say at first I thought the caramel was like, ah, this is some warty, unfermented nonsense in here. This is not going to be good. But the more I kind of drank that sample and thought about it, the more I realized, no, that's caramel malt. That's something that I haven't you know, probably used or had in a beer for a long time. You know, people just don't use it that much these days. Uh, and it was very apparent what, what it was. Uh, I thought that the hop flavor blended really well with the caramel malt. It was a good choice. I'll be curious to hear your recipe about that. Uh, I might consider just for if you're brewing this for competition, if you're brewing this because you like it the way it is, keep it the way it is. For competition, I might back off on the caramel malt, maybe 10, 20 percent, uh, because it might be a little overwhelming for for modern judges that haven't had this style a lot. But over, overall score is 38, which is excellent. So I appreciate your sharing and I'm going to drink some of this while you tell us about your recipe and we talk about your beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just poured a little more, and it got it got hazier on the second pour. So maybe you guys just poured more than me to start, or I poured more last night. It's interesting as it keeps going there, but I maybe, that, maybe the it bottle. needs to be a hazy style for it to be. No, more popular stop it, again. Brian! Hazy amber, shut up, Brian! Hazy, I'm, I'm calling it now, hazy amber. A hamber. All right, Vito. Dish, dude, what's up? What's up with this? Uh, what's the story, man? What's the story on this? Are we gonna uh, die? <laughs> well, the the story would be that uh and and there's a lot I say there's a lot to it, but um the original recipe is actually uh from the uh Brion magazine 2013 uh Lagunitas IPA clone. Okay. You can believe that and, okay. and uh, completely uh not what it is. Um <laughs> Because this was my first five-gallon batch, and I did it on my stovetop, electric stovetop. Okay, all right. Uh, and I just uh, I couldn't get that boil to get those you know hops, the oils out of the hops, and and really kind of nail it down and and you know give it the bitterness and all that that it needed to be the IPA that I was essentially shooting for. Do you think maybe also because you were driving that boil or trying to drive that boil so hard on your stove that you might have got some uh, caramelization in the kettle? Well, I mean, I'd like to know uh, what how, was there caramel malt in there and how much uh, you know for that recipe? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got the recipe here, but that's kind of like the the again the backstory, I guess, mm-hmm. on that. But if you want to hear the yeah. recipe, I've, you know, I've got that right here. Yeah, for um, sure. Oh, that I, I wasn't trying to cut you short on the story. I was just like, wow, yeah. No, no. When you started talking about the process, I'm like, is that where like some of the caramelinas could have come from? But because the process is always going to... And possibly, yeah. and, and honestly, more so that's, you know, I kind of sent it in. I, I enjoyed what it became or what it what it is um, and all that and, and sent it in as something completely different as what I was going for. But uh, I just kind of wanted general feedback and you know maybe maybe some more understanding of this but um so uh 60 minute mash at 155 um 93 percent two row three percent three percent crystal 60 and one percent light munich Close that's not three. a lot of crystal malt <laughs> <laughs> um, no at all <laughs> yeah so 
yeah and that yeah so there's that so it probably was it was a 90 minute boil um so you know because it's been that it was real real low at times i had a little low you know boil going and other times not um, a simmer <laughs> kind of yeah. yeah um the hops uh the three and a half ounce uh horizon at for 60 minutes one ounce cascade for 30 and three ounce cascade at flame out for about 50 minutes before i cooled it down so hmm. okay what was your um your your starting and your final gravity uh let's see original 1060 final 1014 so it's about six percent okay yeah, that's, that's that's big for an amber for sure but I mean, it makes sense mm. now. Mm. It seems drier than ten fourteen to me. That's that's interesting. It, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does. And so, so, I guess I'm trying to figure out. Like, uh, forgive me if you said it, but uh, I, I, I sort of got caught up on other parts of the recipe. Did you did you say how long you boiled for? Uh, Ninety minutes. And you never really got a vigorous boil. Uh, here and there. Um. Do you, I don't know. I think it may have stepped out and then came back and was like, "Shit, that's not boiling." Yeah, well, and you're homebrewing. You know, it wouldn't. Like a, it wouldn't be a homebrew yeah. today if you didn't do that. You go, no, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> I got it. And then the boil kettle waits for you to leave, and then it goes, "Hey, yeah. we should really start, you know, doing something." Um, do you yeah. guys think that like a ninety-minute gentle rolling boil is going to drive this much caramel? Do you know how much evaporation you had, Vito? Like how much you had left? How, how much you had in the carboy? Was it a no, full five um, and a half gallon? I started about four and a half gallons in the mash. Um, I did a sparge because I couldn't do like a, you know, I just kind of poured water over it because I couldn't uh, dunk sparge. I don't have another kettle yeah. big enough. Um, and then I slight squeeze of the bag. So about seven, about seven gallons before the boil. And okay. then five gallon. You, you did uh, have five in the in the carboy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carboy. Okay. So there wasn't a whole lot of evaporation. Well, I guess there was, but like, I don't know. I feel like, did you get your grains yourself, or did someone build this recipe for you? Uh, well, yeah, I, I got it myself. Um, actually, I think uh, as far as the hops go, I didn't add something, but it was like a really small amount, so I was just like, whatever. Um, but the malt bill is uh the, again the 2013 BYO. Yeah. Uh, but like you like you you went to the homebrew shop and filled your own grains. Uh somebody grabbed it from the back. So I wonder a, uh, if someone uh, fucked up because uh-oh. how much how much crystal malt could a 90 minute rolling boil with almost a 2 gallon of evaporation lend this much caramel I, flavor? So I did. I did get it from them. Uh, I'm trying to think because I do have my own grains here, but with this, I yeah, so I, I have like the two row, but I probably and the sixty, but yeah, I probably had them okay. put the rest of it. I'm overthinking it. Probably. Let's move on. <laughs> I was I curious. No I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm still suspecting the boil. Just uh, are you on uh, gas or uh, electric? electric? Electric, yeah. So it's an electric. That's the burner has to get pretty hot to drive. You know that much. I mean, well, even just a flame on the bottom would do a similar thing. You have to get a lot, but it kind of 
permeates through a little bit more. There you have a lot of heat concentrated right at the bottom and all that mm-hmm. that work just swirling around in there for, you know, for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, did so, you, yeah, do you remember what the kettle looked like after you got the beer out of there? Was it like kind of burned on the bottom at all or? Uh, no, no, no burning. Um, yeah. No, I mean, starting it. Yeah, I don't know. So this is just, I guess it's a classic example of what, I mean, you know, 2013 IPA recipe used to look like, but without the balance of the hops. Maybe it's just supposed to be like this, but if you, you know, if you had a lower hopping rate, more of that caramel would come through. That bitterness definitely wouldn't be there. Um, And so you have a lot of that sweetness showing up. But yeah. if you have more bitterness, it sort of squashes all that so you can pack. I mean, that's what John Meyer used to say in the 90s. He's like, if you want to add more hops, you add more crystal malt. And you can kind of bring up both of those feelings. But not, and obviously, this is like very late 90s, early 2000s, you know, beer, uh, you know, thinking. But it's exactly right. He goes, I would just take a recipe and increase the crystal malt and the hops by 20%. And you still get a lot of that hop flavor and, and, and that some of that bitterness, but the crystal malt helps keep that in balance. But without that hop, maybe this is what you get. I like it. John Meyer said that. Yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah, told I, me while I, I was I kissing him. It. it came uh, out really uh, nice. Yeah. You're, and you're, you're, uh, did you do a yeast starter or, uh, just, uh, uh no, just why yeast 1056. Um, smack pack there, yeah. Smack pack, yeah. Cool. I like it. I mean, what are you hoping to get out of this, Vito? What do you What do you want? What do you want? Um, <laughs> I just kind of enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Um, oh, cool. And right. and, uh, and really, <laughs> first time. I don't wow. know. Maybe yeah. It's yeah. a new thing. But, That'll wear um, off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted to hear. It was actually the first time I um, had fermentation control, temperature control. Nice. Um, oh, nice. As well. So, um, was just curious. I'm probably won't do a five. I, I've got a relatively small apartment, um, so I'm not going to be doing five gallons out on like a propane burner or anything. But uh, I'll probably end up doing three gallons. I still do my one gallons. I got a brew day tomorrow um, and yeah. all that. But uh, kind of wanted to see. Um, you know, if there were just like any off flavors that, you know, maybe came from water or fermentation, you know, temperature yeah. and all that stuff. I think Take care of the, yeah, fermentation is fine. You're taking yeah. care of that just well. And that's, that's yeah. one of the hardest things to master too. Like people start off tweaking recipes and to go in all kinds of different directions before they figure out how to take care of their, their fermentation. And, you know, yeah, the temperature control and, and you must've pitched enough yeast if you go much higher than a 1060, you might want to either use a couple of packs or do start doing starters. And you can do the real simple. I like the the simple home brewing uh, recommendation, just the shake, shake starter. You can get some proper and some, you know, just bottled water. And then you throw the yeast in a growler and shake it up the more, you know, the night before you brew or whatever. And um, real easy. And that's kind of old school too, you know? Um, yeah. That's one fun I thing you can do. We're, we're not going to obviously convince you to buy a bunch more equipment. Um, when I first started homebrewing on a stovetop, I was doing uh, three-gallon boils, and then I could get it to a nice rolling boil on the stovetop, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, get the the hop utilization that I wanted. Uh, and then I would add in water at the end, and that also partially True. cooled down the beer, so I was you know, uh, getting it through that temperature zone where the 
the DMS could form or whatever more mm-hmm. quickly and, you know, cool it in the sink with ice and stuff in a little kettle, you know, like it was just super were you, old were you school. doing that to bring it out to five gallons or was it? it yeah. Yeah. You were doing it. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, some of the recipes and this is, you know, uh, early two thousands, you know, and it was just it's easy yeah. extract way for sure. Knows what you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I will say, you know, man, I mean, you know, you had to like hand sparge on the stove, which is never easy, but it sounds like you got a good extraction doing that. So I think your process for these larger batches, because you also mentioned you use smaller ones too, I think that's pretty solid. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that was, like I said, I didn't have a separate vessel to dunk sparge, which is obviously easier than. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you if you are in an apartment, uh, a, a, one nice to have might be one of those kind of all-in-one, you know, electric brew systems. Uh, a lot of them that are out there, I won't recommend any specific Saving. one because I, I haven't. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I have the Bruzilla. You get it at More Beer. Yeah. Solid. I mean, you, like the, the, you do under the, six under six hours. Brew actually, uh, I just was listening to an episode earlier. Are uh, you still trying to get rid of that Pika brew? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the hell I'm going to ship it all the way out to you, but I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to come and get it, I'll give it to you for free, brother. Um, all right, man. Well, if that's it, Vito, we'll let you go. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Cool. All right. Yeah, thanks, thanks for brother. Thanks for sharing. Fun. Appreciate yeah. it. Tasty all right. beer. And we're going to take a quick break, everyone. We'll be right back to wrap things up here on Dr. Homebrew. Stay tuned. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. the examination right, thanks for hanging around everyone we're about to wrap things up here on dr homebrew thank you very much to Vito and to colin for sending in beers if you want to be like those two people email b-y-r-y-a-y-n-y no, no that's not what it is it's <laughs> just b-r-i-a-n it's the right way to spell brian <laughs> At thebrewingnetwork.com. It's, it's the, o- the only way to spell Brian. I want to have a guest Those on. Those tell you different are wrong. I want to have a guest on who spells his name Brian with a Y, and you guys can argue about it. That's I, what I, I may want. boycott that show. You may be <laughs> finding a different host. We will call him names. We know all the names that you can call any somebody named Brian. It's just me, and like you guys are sitting there on mute, and you were just, crying, Brian. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're uh, striking. <laughs> oh, man, I'll have Nate come in and be a scab. And just fill in the show, man. Uh, 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 All right. Well, yeah. So we're looking for Nate for a long time. Be nice to have Nate join us. Yeah, I know he won't, though. We had a couple of nice beers on this show. This was really a pleasure to to judge. Um, 
you know, we're not, we're not just looking for people to try to wow us either though. We really want to get, I, I really enjoy, well, I enjoy talking to these people too, but yeah. like to fine tune something and try to do competition stuff. But we really also love helping people that are kind of just, you know, learning how to do it and getting started. They might have some questions and really having some problems send us the problematic beer too. It, it's fine. We can, we can take it. Well, right. And that's sort of what we started the show around too, is problematic beers because the we want to help people. So- and, and it's interesting that people just, most people just want feedback. And we've had a few people over the years openly say like, well, I don't want to send you bad beer. And it's like, but that's, that's how we all get better. Yeah. There's nothing you personal know? in taking advice on something yeah. that you, you poured your heart into and tried to make a good beer and it wasn't quite what you wanted. And there was a problem right. and you might not know what it is. Well, we can help to try to help you figure out what it is and get there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we'll figure all that out. Um, anyway, thank you very much, you guys. I appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you everybody for listening live on Facebook. I appreciate that as well. If you are listening live, give us a couple minutes. We'll be right back with a second show, more uh, Dr. Homebrew talk here, all that kind of fun stuff. And then if you're listening on the podcast, of course, we have a wide range of shows. Uh, there's a couple Brew Strongs that got posted already, and then these are going to be up here in a couple weeks, or in a couple days rather. So uh, a lot of good content still coming at you on the Brewing Network. So, uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So. I think I've already said that like four times now. All that kind of yeah. fun stuff because it's my um. Anyway, and then plug, because we have lots ears of fun up. stuff happening. Yeah, here. for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, I can plug ears up too. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you later.